Musical Theater Writer Guy was written and filmed as a YouTube channel series on the traditional and unceded territory of the Muncie Lenape and Canarsie people. Each episode is also released here in podcast form. To learn how you can work with me or to join the Musical Theater Writing Collective, please find out more at michaelraddy.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show. If I had a nickel for every time someone asked me the question, why is that a musical? I would have a very large number of heavy and annoying coins. I mean, how often do people hear about a new musical or see a marquee and think that question to themselves? So, what makes a story ripe for a musical adaptation? Why do some seem like no-brainers while others make us scratch our heads and think, huh, that one? Really? Here are four mistakes that I see that you can avoid when you are choosing material to adapt into a musical. The classical principle for choosing material to adapt into a musical is pretty simple yet subjective. If you think there's more to a story where adding sung music will enhance the storytelling, then it's likely a good candidate for musical adaptation. Conversely, if it feels like the story is complete in its current form and that sung music will not enhance the piece and its purpose, then it should probably be left alone. Another way to say this would be, you need a specific purpose for creating a musical adaptation of this particular story. If you look at the types of stories that have been most successfully adapted into musicals, and let's not forget, most musical theater is adaptations of some variety, the use of the music in the storytelling heightens the plot and the characters. This is the reason, I think at least, that we see certain stories that have multiple attempts at musical adaptation. We have two versions of The Phantom of the Opera, we have two versions of The Wild Party, and we have a whole host of different Shakespeare plays that have been updated and adapted, some successfully and some not. Some stories just feel like they could be told well or better in a musical adaptation form, and so adaptations appear. Okay, so let's dive into those mistakes. Mistake number one, audience expectation. When adapting a well-known story, book, music, play, your audience will be coming into the theater with expectations already built in. Those pesky preconceived notions. Now, perhaps they've never even encountered the original material, but that doesn't mean that they're not gonna come in with an image, idea, feeling, or emotion that's going to color their experience of your story. So, does this alter your approach? Well, for a lot of people, that's yes. Actually, that's a big yes. It's the kind of yes of like, I need to satisfy every single audience members' expectations kind of yes, especially if the story has a big fandom. But in all honesty, I wouldn't give it much thought. I know, I know, I hear you objecting, but if your audience isn't on board, then you're sunk. And it's true, I hear you, it's true. But the best way to get the audience on board with your story is by simply writing well. And then the real decision that you get to make is are you going to lean into the audience expectations or break from them and to what degree? Because if you successfully create and introduce your world and your characters to the audience and set them up for the journey they're about to go on, they're gonna follow you, I guarantee. Well, I can't guarantee that, but they should. Mistake number two, author's intent. What is this story about? Why was it originally told? Why should it continue to be told? What did the original author want their audiences to take away? What do you want your audiences to take away? Are they the same? Are they different? And how? I often see musical adaptations that abandon the original intent and message of the story. Suddenly plot points are just gone or characters make decisions that feel inconsistent with the original story. And is it okay to do this? Well, certainly, but as long as you have a purpose behind why you're doing it. And that, right there, is where a lot of adaptations end up missing the mark. 
The most successful musical adaptations I've seen that make those types of story changes are when they actually abandon the brand of the original story. This allows the writers to treat the original story more like a guideline and less like something that has to be strictly followed, which helps give a sense of individuality to that musical adaptation. As a small example, we all know that West Side Story is essentially Romeo and Juliet, but also it isn't. The basic plot is still there, but characters are added and subtracted as needed, and Tony is kinda like Romeo, but at the same time, if you put them side by side, they're not very much alike at the end of the day. The very purposeful moving of the time and place of West Side Story from Romeo and Juliet changes the context of the story. So the bones are still there, but it is definitely its own individual adaptation. Plus, of course, there's the biggest change of all, which is the entire ending sequence of West Side. Romeo and Juliet is famous for its graveyard scene. How many times have we seen that quoted throughout history and media? But West Side Story changes the ending so that Marie is left alive and has to deal with the consequences of everything that has happened in the world. And not just Maria, but everyone who was there. Now, does Shakespeare's original intention and message get lost? Personally, I don't think so. Now, I'm not saying that in order to utilize the title in the brand of the original story that you have to strictly adhere to the author's original structure and plot and character creation. You have chosen this piece to enhance it, which is going to require changes. If a piece was originally written to highlight something very specific as a message, and then you change the piece so much that that message gets buried, well, then you may want to rethink why you're adapting that story in the first place. Likewise, if there is a character who is famous for doing X, Y, or Z in the original story and then it doesn't happen at all, ever, in your adaptation, you may find that the structure of your adaptation actually kind of crumbles underneath you. These are just things to watch out for. I'm not saying that they will happen, but they could. Mistake number three, music and story enhancement. Music is evocative. Music is language, music is math, music is emotion, music is ethereal, music is nebulous. Music can have an immeasurable impact. So you need to know, why a musical? How is music going to help you tell this story? Why is music the thing that was lacking from the original piece that when you add it in, is going to enhance it? Why are they singing? There are, of course, a million and one ways to answer those questions, but here's the key. You need to have answers to those questions, and they need to be good ones. And hopefully, the audience will be able to pick up on the answers to those questions while they're watching your piece, whether that's consciously or unconsciously. You know, some people say that they really hate musical theater, and the reason they tend to give is because people just don't burst out into song. It doesn't make sense. Why are they doing that? And clearly, anyone who says this does not spend enough time around musical theater folks. Because we do it. Like all the time. The most important thing here is that the incorporation of music has to be earned. The circumstances or emotions must be so great, so heightened, that music not only feels natural in that moment, but necessary. This is incredibly important and I cannot stress it enough. Stake number four, acquiring rights. Now this is an entire video topic on its own and I'm not going to go too in depth about this today. But the big idea here is that any story you might want to adapt, fiction, nonfiction, TV, play, movie, etc., likely has a rights holder behind that work and you are going to need to get permission, aka the rights, in order to make your stage adaptation. And this process can be tricky. 
Not always, but it can be. Too often I have seen people write full show adaptations without acquiring the rights first, and then that show sits up on a shelf somewhere because either they were denied the rights, or they couldn't find who to contact in order to try to get the rights. So what's the best way around this? Well, you could write a story from the public domain, which in the United States, as of this recording, is 1927, about and earlier. Or of course, you could write a story from history that does not have any rights attached to it at all. But whatever you do, don't waste your time and energy writing a full adaptation of something that you never acquired the rights to and therefore is never going to see the light of day. But once you've gotten your rights and you've got everything set up and ready to go to write your musical adaptation, you're gonna need a plan to make sure that you follow through and make that happen. And you can learn all about how to do that by watching this video next. Otherwise, thank you all for being here with me today and I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Musical Theater Writer Guy, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and review this show as it really helps others to discover what you already know. And please do share this show far and wide so we may all become an even closer musical theater community.